Welcome to the Retail Smarts Podcast, hosted by Dominique Lamb. Oh, this is why it's brilliant to have great staff, so right, this is what you're doing. <laughs> is- hey, welcome back to our Retail Smarts Podcast. Today, we are very, very lucky to have um, in our, our podcast room, we're speaking with Rob Godwin from Love Honey, and we are so thrilled to have you here. You have such an incredibly interesting business, um, and we just want to hear all about it. So thank you for joining us. Uh, it's uh, great to be here. And uh, just finally, it's great to sit down and, and have a chat. We were just talking about um, how well um, certain categories did during COVID. And of course, you know, this whole podcast won't be about COVID. But just, you know, tell me, what were the categories that, um, you know, were very, very successful during that period? Yeah, as, as a pure play online retailer, uh, we've seen food, alcohol, uh, home furnishings, but also sex toys. And that's where Love Honey, both on a global perspective, with our head office in the UK uh, and distribution centres in Atlanta and here in Brisbane, Queensland, we've seen uh, huge growth. Uh, We've been very fortunate to be in a category that has grown Mm -hmm. and that has seen a positive effect from COVID. Don't get me wrong, we'd rather seriously not have this Mm. and be business as usual. Um, but there's been potential, and we've utilised that potential. We've increased our market share. We went from 28 staff to 64. Wow, that's amazing. In seven months. So Incredible. With potential came issues, so yeah. uh, growing pains, as you'd say. Um, but we did it, and we reached that potential, and now we see a whole new consumer base. So we've been very, very... Very fortunate. And tell me about those growing pains. What do they look like for a business that's growing, you know, so rapidly? Um, they are positive negatives. So whereas you would be building on like supply issues, um, at one stage we'd always try to keep between two to four percent of mm-hmm. our range out of stock, or aim for zero percent. But the parameters of acceptability would be between two and four uh, percent. We got to twenty five percent because you just couldn't get products due to lockdowns in China, uh, supply from Europe and America just not coming mm-hmm. to our shores. So that took a very much a, you had to take a razor sharp uh, viewpoint on the supply chain and improve uh, areas where you could. The other area is keeping, and most importantly, it was keeping our staff safe. Mm-hmm. So we had to invest uh, a large amount of cash within the warehouse to um, facilitate safe working practices 100% of the time. And it also meant having to put new regulations, new procedures to, to ensure the staff are brilliant. I mean, doesn't matter how good or how much demand there is for Love Honey products, um, without good staff, you're never going to deliver, deliver your potential. But you have to put in the rigorous infrastructure to ensure that they are safe. And Touchwood, we've had you know, 18 months of no cases, everyone being compliant, everyone following the rules, which is great. But that is, again, it's a positive negative. But if you look at the big picture, people have been locked up. People have been, and even now today in Melbourne, they're, they're, they're another lockdown, people view, they go inwards they now they they are restricted to being at home so therefore they they focus on themselves open up their conversation to their partners and hopefully well what we've seen is embracing their own sexuality on a far wider scope 
So we've seen significant growth in key demographics within um, our consumer base. And have those demographics changed out of COVID? So who, who's shopping with you? Or yeah. yeah, yeah. It's um, so we we kind of you know stumbled into COVID mm-hmm. and we we coped very well. And I never wanted to see us lose its potential. So we agree a lot of market share. But when we did our market research, we we do do a lot. So we do our in-house analysis. We do we use companies like Ragdoll, mm-hmm. and we 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 were shocked to see that. Well, not shocked, but it was surprising to see that our biggest growth market was single females under thirty-five. Hmm. Because they, they can't date. They can't date. Yeah, they can't yeah. go out. Um, and the growth of solo or single uh, adult products for that f- young female market mm-hmm. exponentially grew far larger than every other category we had. So our core demographic is 25, 45, de facto heterosexual couples. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so suddenly you've gone from a, you're advertising to 24, 25 to 45 mm-hmm. couples to now single females. And that we had to adjust to our marketing message to ensure that our core market was still catered for. Mm. But likewise, we had to cater now for a, an increasing female single market. And um, that's good for the future. And what does that look like? I'm just interested from a, like a, a gender perspective when we talk about recruiting more women and things like that. We talk about writing um, job advertisements through a gendered lens. You know, we talk about... Um, Know, the makeup of a workforce, you know, how to make people feel more included. How do you change your, I guess, marketing message ever so slightly for the single female under 35? Interesting. Um, well, we're restricted, um, as we gave it in our Retail Global talk uh, last week, we're restricting how we can communicate. So Mr. Zuckerberg doesn't particularly like Love Honey yes. or any other yeah. adult retailer. Um so we have to think laterally and strategically. Um, we really do endorse and encourage our ambassadors mm-hmm. to talk on our behalf. Um, so we use um, brilliant people. And we're so lucky to have our Love Honey family include Chantal Otten, mm-hmm. uh, Australia's leading sexologist. Uh, she's our main ambassador. Uh, for example, the single female under 35 market. Mm-hmm. As much as I would love it, they don't really want to hear a 40-something bold mm-hmm. English chat. Understandable, yes. Totally, yes. You know, but Chantal's eloquent, mm-hmm. absolutely the top of her profession. Um, she's so well-versed in this area. So that's one key aspect. Um, other one, uh, Flexi um, Lillian, um, she, she's another ambassador, mm-hmm. and we've done some collaborations with her in products. We have Cam Fraser um, from the male perspective of young couples mm-hmm. as well. And also Timmy Kawada, the orgasmic mama. Mm. And again, she talks from the um, the, the female perspective as a young mum. Mm. So again, you, you, you encourage people that our consumers can relate to, mm. to convey the message. And also um, other elements like just doing cool activations like on social media, on our email, just doing humour and empowerment. Um, One thing which came way before uh, COVID was our just general policy of female empowerment. Mm -hmm. Our best-selling laundry range in 2019 was called Mm Fierce, and it had 
we, we have a standard policy. All of our imagery on our website has a base size and plus size model. Mm-hmm. Full stop. It's funny because at the moment on my Instagram feed, um, and I don't know her surname, but um, there's a model by the name of Stefania who, yes, who is, yes. So she is currently modeling all of the Love Honey lingerie. And so I thought when I asked you the question about under 35s that that's what you would say to me, that it's, you know, perhaps you're advertising around um, apparel as opposed to products and things like that. Um, But she's very well known, obviously, um, you know, in in circles where you would talk about other products in that space. It's, um, there is, there is a market um, and and companies, for example, like Honey Burdette, they mm-hmm. do aim at the hyper good looking size four, six, eight, etc. That's their marketing position, and there's nothing uh, there's nothing wrong with that. We tend to our demographics a wider scope, mm. so therefore we want that inclusion, we want that diversity, we want everyone. Doesn't matter what color, shape size whoever you are mm. as long as you have a positive sexual uh, journey mm. that your sexual well-being is at the forefront and that's why we have a real um uh, a wide selection of ambassadors mm. uh, to attract everyone really um i think the other thing is is from a company perspective um most of our directors most of our senior managers are female mm-hmm. i think i'm the only male director in, in australia all of our uh, top line, uh, bar one, is female. In the UK, um, two-thirds of our directors are female. It, we're in an industry where um, the most of the money is spent by, by females. And do, you, and do you actively recruit for women or do you find that they um, naturally gravitate towards your brand because, you know, in effect because of who you're targeting, it's really designed to, you know, suit women and, and for them to feel comfortable, um, you know, in that environment. I don't, I don't think we have a, a bias in, in the recruitment process globally mm. or necessarily here. It's just the best candidates are female. Mm. It's just down to ability and the fact that we are selling to a predominantly female audience helps. And so I'm not, I'm not sure all the, the gentlemen would like that, but tough the females are absolutely kicking the proverbials of, of the chap so long may that continue really yeah wonderful it, it's um it's interesting because in retail we know that uh, around 11 percent of um, retail ceos are women so it's still quite a small um amount and and a lot of the time it has to do with the fact that we aren't great at growing um you know our staff from shop floor or warehouse floor through to um, those leadership positions. What do you do internally to grow your staff throughout your business? Uh, that's a great question. Um, it, we, we, we refer to our team as a Love Honey family. Mm-hmm. We had our second baby this week, oh, uh, wow. which is fantastic from, from Annie, who's our content manager. Uh, we had three engagements in the last month. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have f- three dogs that come into the office every day. Um, and my two boys come in at least once a week and they've been there since it was our spare, spare bedroom in Indrapilly in Brisbane mm-hmm. to now we have 5,000 square metre warehouse. Wow. So um, they've been throughout the journey. Part of that evolution of staff is to give them the tools to grow mm-hmm. and to basic, to be biased to encouraging them to grow within the business 
rather than necessarily um, putting in someone new externally. Yes, having new blood into the business at specific times is good. Mm -hmm. It's good for morale. It's good for new ideas, reinvigorating the workforce. However, I think retention of staff, the empowerment of them. So, for example, customer service team, they don't sell. They physically only offer advice and solutions to the customer Mm -hmm. on a global scale. So we'll deal with America and the UK during our working day and vice versa with our UK call centre. But that's a three-month training programme. So we invest a lot of time and we empower them. So if there is a... a, um, a, Normally when people call a call centre to complain, where's my order? Mm -hmm. Or something's wrong. So we give them the empowerment to deal with those issues Mm. straight away, Mm. turn a negative into a positive. But that breeds a very positive culture. Mm. And so people want to stay. Our staff retention is the highest in Australia than all of our global businesses. So, for example, um, uh, Jasmine, she's been with the company nine years, two years in uh, the UK, seven years since we started. And we've become market leaders in that seven years which is pretty amazing, really. We're market leaders after four years, which shouldn't have happened, but we went for it and we did it. But she's a great example where she went from customer service manager to training manager to 2IC to now the general manager. Mm-hmm. So she's my... She, she does all the, the dirty work in the business. So she's your succession plan. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. And you have to build for that. Mm-hmm. So when if I ever lead the business, which... I can't see myself doing, hopefully, uh, just yet. We have a succession plan. The business comes first. Uh, Paigey, she's amazing, got engaged this week, which is awesome. Uh, she started off as a weekend casual customer mm-hmm. service at university. She became deputy manager customer service. Uh, she then became online trading exec. Now she's e-commerce manager, mm. only 25, and she's got a team of four. Wow. Uh, Tash. Our head of marketing, um, she started in the warehouse on uh, traveling around Australia. Uh, four years later, she's got a team of four and she's head of marketing and PR. Oh, that's incredible. It's giving the best thing I can do as a director and leader mm. is support my team. Um, in two years ago, in Retail Global, Bob Swartz came over from America. Yes. Fantastic chap. Yes, he's incredible. He's, he's, yeah, I'm a big fan of Bob. And Bob, uh, for listeners, is uh, head of uh, e-commerce for Nordstrom and created Magento and thousands of other brilliant companies. Absolute legend. And he described Blake Nordstrom, his dear friend, who did the reverse triangle of company structure with the CEOs at the bottom, then your senior executives, then your middle management, then your customer-facing staff, and then your customers. And that is exactly how we run Love Honey. I'm here Mm. to facilitate my staff, not for my staff to facilitate me. So I'm on the bottom, and I I give them the tools to exceed because they make me look good. Which is an incredible way to lead, and I think, you know, Bob talks about – you know, Blake Nordstrom and, you know, what happened after he passed away, which, you know, was quite unexpected and how everybody, you know, there were hundreds and thousands of people that ended up writing to the family and sharing stories or individual stories about the things that Blake 
um, did within the community that no one ever knew about, particularly around, um, I don't think it's rowing. Yeah. It, yeah. And so he was, um, certainly they are an incredible retail family. I think when you look at, you know, how retailers interact with community, at the moment there's this real rise of kind of consumer activism. And I imagine in your space it's quite prevalent because of the nature of the content of what you're selling. Um, how does that impact the, the things that you talk about on social media, the stances that you take on certain issues, um, and just how you engage with, you know, different parts of the community? Yeah, that's, that's fascinating, isn't it? and it is very topical uh, at the moment. Um, again, we're very fortunate to have had, um, we have our our core values within the business, and um, that's kind of trained from day one within, and it's the core values, like, it's nice to be nice. Uh, you can never know enough about sex. Um, going the extra inch, yes, a little bit cheesy, but it conveys the right approach to uh, how we view these bigger soci- socio-economic um, events. I think with the Me Too um, movement and um, the whole consent issue currently being discussed and female empowerment, way before that, that was always one of our principles. We always had... Um, models uh, of mixed sizes, of mixed diversity, etc. And that's just been a, a norm for us. Um, you have to very specifically when we're talking about a sensitive subject like sex, like um, sexual wellness, um, you do have to tread a very careful line be- be- where you don't want to be, hey, look at us, look at what we're doing. Try and, you don't want to come across as jumping on the bandwagon and being sensationalism or, you know, look at us, we, we do X, Y, and Z now just because it's a hot topic. What we tend to do, just carry on. Um, and that's a, I think that's a very important message we give to our staff is this is who we are anyway. We, we In our team of staff, we have every sexual orientation. Um, literally, it's a spectrum and it's brilliant. And mm-hmm. um, it to us it doesn't we don't care because that is a norm. And I think breeding that normality into a business is is probably one of our greatest um achievements in that it is just we don't see it as special. Mm-hmm. We don't see it as something to jump up uh, and shout about. It's just part of who we are. Mm-hmm. Really. I mean what you're talking about is, is in effect diversity thinking. So they you know, they say that where you have the seven different um, diversity minds at a table that you get a 20% better outcome. And, and so by having a very diverse workforce, which is what you're describing, you know, it's it's proven for you guys. I mean, totally. you're market leaders within four years. Um, so, you know, how much do you think you can attribute some of the values and things from your staff to the success of, of what you've built? It, it is a fundamental. I think it, they go hand in hand. We wouldn't have been, we, we wouldn't we be as successful or, are continuing to be successful if it wasn't for our staff, their approach, their communication to the customer. I mean, for example, the the most the most common thing is where's where's our order, mm-hmm. and if if it's one day late, we'll give them free freight, full stop. Not even a quibble. Mm-hmm. Sorry, as soon as it arrives, if it's a couple of days late, we'll send them another product for free. If you get two, good for you. You can share them. So that's, you, you work so hard, specifically with Google, where we're paying so much money to them for PPC. Mm. 
and above the line advertising, you spend so much time and effort and cash to get these customers, treat them with respect, treat them with kindness. So it's a lot cheaper for you to give them a free product and apologize than, and you're turning around and turning it from a negative to a positive again. Um, but I think also where you can create an environment where the customer wants to buy from you. So by, by having a very diverse and inclusive marketing message, like we are just about to change our TBC, but in our current TBC, which is Turn On Australia, we have um, interracial couples, we have same-sex couples. And that's a norm for us. 99.8% of the population love it, don't have see an issue with it but I still it still saddens me when I get through advertising standard bureau complaints saying why do you have a same sex couple on and mm. quite frankly I don't want that customer mm. if they're finding my TV adverts because I have a same sex couple on or an interracial couple on I don't want them as a couple. I don't want them as a as a customer mm. to love honey. Speaking of kind of the, those difficult consumers that you know potentially don't agree with the values or, or what's reflected you know in your business, the SDA um, has conducted and and for our listeners, the SDA, if you're not aware, is our employee union within the retail space, have conducted a whole raft of research around sexual harassment. Um, and customer abuse. And what they found was that there are significantly high numbers of people within retail, particularly, um, you know, people that work within stores being sexually harassed either by their co-workers or by consumers. I mean, I imagine with your, um, you know, content, I mean, how do you deal with that internally where, you know, potentially you've got serial pest consumers yep. that are, you know, harassing your customer service staff or, or even, you know, online blogs or, or wherever you're communicating. I mean, how do you, how do you approach that? Yeah, I mean, we have 284,000 reviews on our website from customers. Uh, we have uh, over 13,000 Trustpilot reviews at an average of 4.8, which is, in their terminology, excellent. So we actually have got a great customer service, but it comes back to that training aspect of customer service where we empower them. They can make the decisions immediately for the customer. However, the reverse can happen. We empower them to cut that customer off. Mm-hmm. They will block the, their IP address. They will block their phone number in an instant. Mm-hmm. And they can do that. They don't have to ask a manager. They don't have to escalate it to myself as a director they make the decision and that's part and parcel of our respect to them as a as a uh, employee mm. they have the tools if they think this is not a positive conversation if this there is um uh, a negative environment in terms of um, harassment immediately they have the power to, to terminate that conversation and again don't care if that customer doesn't come back to me that's not a customer if you're abusing my staff you're not a customer Mm. so that moment of um decision making is in their hands so they can control destiny but on the other side is we work with the the, um, central wellness to provide mental uh, health support so every staff member um, has a mental health induction we also provide um, free counselling to uh, trained psychologists, just not just for work, but for generally. And that 
has increased fivefold during COVID. Mm. And we pay that and we pay that openly. Mm -hmm. um, I do it. And I am raising money for TIAX, which mm -hmm. is, this is a conversation starter with Trademark. Yes. So running the Gold Coast Marathon to raise money for this. Oh, wonderful. So the psychologists that we use who are trained by the central wellness, yeah, we hopefully raise over $10,000. So I think the biggest sponsor will decide whether I wear trademarks budgie smugglers running. Or well, the they've biggest... got board shorts now. They're, yeah. on, they're also on yeah. our podcast. So, um, uh, they have a whole loungewear range. Trey, uh, Dan and Ed are good friends and we did their podcast. Uh, we're kitting out all of our staff for Men's Health Week in mm. their work year. Fantastic. But again, it's it's you support your staff from making a decision, but you support your staff in the environment to seek uh, support from professionals. And it's all uh, discreet. Um, I just pay the bill. I just see the number of sessions, no names, no information. Mm. And it's, a spent, and it's, it's an expense which is... Um, a thousand percent accepted. I love, I love the concept um, of of the way that you manage your team in the sense that you give them, you know, all the autonomy that that they require to kind of make safe decisions for themselves. Because I think it it really does indicate that you, you know, you truly live and work your values in the sense that if I feel unsafe, then I can make a call as opposed to having to ask permission from a manager or somebody else. Um, about a consumer or making that consumer more yeah. important than their well-being. Um, you know, we don't do that necessarily well within retail um, because, you know, there's always that, you know, added phrase about the customer being customer always being right, which we know is not always the case, totally. especially, um, you know, not only because of the content that you're selling, but also, you know, just in general, you know, I think that, you know, for too long, our retail workers are on those front lines, putting up with all sorts of things because, you know, the customer is supposedly always right. And um, it's wonderful to see retailers like yourself taking a stand on that and, and changing that narrative, um, particularly for our young workers. Yeah, I think the, the narrative has to start from uh, the top. It, it's you have to embed that within your organisation as a standard, as normality, not as an exception. Um, and I think it also comes down to when I spoke to the boys at uh, Trademark on their podcast about sex uh, pornography and um, the adult environment uh, and being a single father, um, I teach my boys about consent mm. and about um, the real world, that porn isn't mm. the real world. And also just my my greatest um, admiration to, to my sons who are 15 and 11 and I think the thing that finds, I find so endearing about them is their politeness. Mm. So when we go shopping, when we do things externally, when they meet my colleagues or staff, or that they are respectful, they are courteous. And that gentlemanly aspect, I think, is a great trait. Um, so, yeah, that, as a father... That's what I try and install in my boys. Mm. And, and also, it sounds like you're a bit of a father of the, the Love Honey family as well. So um, that's really wonderful to hear. We are running out of time, but I just wanted to ask you before the end of our podcast, I hear that there are these amazing warehouse tours that you <laughs> And I thought our listeners may want to attend one. So um, I thought I'd give you a shameless plug about these warehouse tours. So tell me a bit about those. Um, I think for, for me... Um, 
after Retail Global with Bob Schwartz, it got me thinking a lot about who who I am and what I could do. I've had I've been very lucky in my career in Australia to have the three biggest jobs in adult industry. So I've run uh, the biggest wholesale company. Uh, I've run Sexpo as a CEO and Clubex chain of stores. And I created Love Honey from Fifty Shades of Grey. And now we're the market leaders and the biggest adult retailer in the world. So <clears throat> from us, it's why I've evolved, <clears throat> excuse me, my team is to be able to do more of an industry push. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and the industry push is really about putting a spotlight on our industry that we are normal. We are mm-hmm. having a good positive sex life is as good as eating good food, having healthy drinks, having a healthy dialogue with your partner or your family, etc. Having having that positive sexual well-being is fundamental. We did our um, sexual happiness survey mm. uh, a couple of years ago, and it you know the the key statistic out of this was having uh, over half the people, uh, three quarters of the people, saying having a good sex life is good for your overall health. But critically, having a good sex life improves your mental health. 25% of respondents said that. Mm-hmm. So where the warehouse tours comes into this is I want to showcase us. I want to showcase how our customer service works. I want to showcase how we manage to market our business in a progressive way when we can't do it on Facebook, where we have to rely on above the line and use our ambassadors. I want to showcase, I want to let our warehouse staff talk to other companies to to sh- be proud of love honey and mm. being the sexual happiness people so part of this is a, an advertising thing um part of it is to, to showcase to other business leaders what we can do like handy is our charity where we're designing a sex toys for the disability community mm-hmm. and we sell their book where 100 percent of the revenue goes back to handy to fund this development not profit Everything we do free shipping, everything goes back to them. To be able to do a warehouse tour and showcase is, is to me is very proud. Mm. To me, that's it's a really endorsing factor of where we have moved the business. But I think on a funnier side, the warehouse show bags when you leave are even better. Oh, my staff love them. I was on maternity leave when our staff did it and I heard all about the show bags and the ride home in the cab. They just, they had a ball, absolute ball. They really, really enjoyed it. And it's, you know, it's wonderful to be part of a retailer, I think, behind the scenes because you don't get to see all the things and yeah. talk to all the people. And then, of course, the show bag is um, well, I've a actually, conversation starter. I actually brought you a show bag <laughs> oh, as well. Thank you so much. Today. <laughs> Thank you. There you go. Excellent. There we go. Wonderful. I feel like this week someone sent me knives, and now this is a whole new oh, Jeremy. This is a whole, yeah, he did. Jeremy yep. sent me knives. Jeremy, and this this is a whole a whole new. Yeah, and, um, and Anthony dropped me a line and said, uh, "Oh, of course he did. Yeah. Yes, Anthony is my husband for everybody. <laughs> he's, he's wondering. I think um, where I, yeah. I think they on the, uh, the 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 tour etc. Is you know we are in a very fortunate position." Um, we are industry leaders. We do run a community within e-commerce. And I think where we can help each other in learning, we actually do, we are pretty good at mm-hmm. what we do. You can order something at 5 p.m. in Sydney and Melbourne and you'll get it next day. Yeah, it's incredible. You guys so, are amazing. You, we, we are definitely, you know, leaders in your field and 
you know, it's you're almost, I mean, are there any other competitors? Um, there are um, in various parts of Australia or the globe, because mm. we're now in a global industry. Not, yeah. It's not yeah. just Australia. I mean, Amazon will be our biggest competitor in the future, mm. but we also are the biggest seller as well. Mm-hmm. So there's a bit of a oxymoronic situation there. Yeah. Um, but our, just for example, our competitor, our major competitor, if you, you can only be horny between 8 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday to Friday. Right. If you are... Uh, on the weekend, which you would Sorry, think is- you've got to wait till Monday to talk to them. <laughs> right, okay. But they won't change their ways for their customers. Yeah. We only had seven hours last year where we went online for our customers, which was on Christmas Day, where our two call centres or three call centres around the world were off. Mm-hmm. So seven hours out of 365 days is... Pretty good. Yeah, that's so incredible. If we can help educate other Australian retailers, Omnichannel or Pure Play, mm-hmm. by coming in, seeing how we do stuff, and they can take that away from them. As long as they don't get into the adult market, we're happy. <laughs> but it's about the community. And if I can share our experiences where we've succeeded or failed and they can improve, then the whole e-commerce industry will lift. Fantastic. And what's your, before we go, what is your top tip for somebody starting um, within, you know, either e-commerce or, or, you know, bricks and mortar retail? Go for it. Go for it. Amazing. Just literally. Just jump in. Just do it. Uh, Life's too short. Rather do it and fail and and not have any regrets in life. Um, Hey, I've done a couple of business, lost a few houses, but I've also created the biggest adult retailer in Australia incredible so do it wonderful thank you so much for speaking to us it's been my absolute pleasure um and um hopefully we can speak to you again uh kudos to nra everything you do for the industry and keep pushing us with uh local government and federal government thank you Want to know more about the Australian retail industry? Visit nra.net.au for more insights just like these.